to you, Squared Circle Rewind, with Jesse, Dave, and Ben. Yeah. Welcome everyone to episode 116. <laughs> And this has been a few takes, so we finally got it. It's been one. We're going to review WWF SummerSlam 1996. One take with you is like 16 takes normally. Yeah. Ten is a compliment. You shouldn't. (laughs) It's not a compliment. You should not. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm Jesse, joined by Dave. Who's never ready. And Ben. Who's always ready. There we go. And that's how, that's balance. That's ying and yang. That's self-awareness is what that is. Would you is. call me yang? Or would you rather be ying? No, I'll be yang. Okay. And you're going to be yang. You're ying. By the process of elimination, I guess. I'm, ju- I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just here. Uh, so, as always, we're going to start with some body slap. Body slam on current events with Dave Body. And now, Alright, what's up, Body Slam? So last week on Body Slam, we went off the tracks a little bit. We did our top five root beer, <laughs> and then we did... Which was eye-opening. Yeah. And we realized there isn't really that much root beer brands. I haven't yes, had any since. As, as, yeah. as, soon, as soon as we were talking about it, I was like, I don't think there's five brands out there. <laughs> <laughs> if there is, we only are familiar Make with it people. Up. Make it up. Uh, and then Jesse, out of nowhere, started talking about moms, TV moms. And Very important to yeah. your childhood as you grow up and watching these role models on your television. Which was relevant to root beer. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd have to go back and listen to how how I even meandered the conversation that way. I have I, a clue. So as a result of that, we're going to do two top fives, I guess. First one to the moms. <laughs> and then we'll go into the top five signature finishes of all Which time. was suggested by, by a fan. Yeah, Chris Olsen, who is religiously listening to us every week. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Chris. The fact that he's still with us is reassuring to me. So thank you for yes. always tuning in. And promising. In. There is light. Yeah, there is light. At some end of the tunnel that we haven't entered into yet. <laughs> so, Jesse, let's okay. go with you because you, however, however way you did this, I go, I brought you us brought there. this. Okay. I This is in no order of ranking. It's oh, just, I have mine ranked. It's For me, it was for shows that I had seen. So that took out, like, Carol Brady. Like that wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna happen because I never watched the Brady's. I wasn't old enough. Uh, I never watched the Cosby Show. Um, nope, really? Not, nope. Oh, a couple years younger than me. Well, when was the? How long did the Cosby Show go on till? Oh God, like at least ten years. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, was... starting in the seventies though, right? Nineties. Let's look that up. Keep talking. Okay. Look that up. I'll All right. Up. So, but I never watched that show, or I don't recall watching that show. Um... So I went with moms that were influential. Influential, thank you, thank you. Yeah, when I'm ready, I'm ready. You, when you're ready, you're ready. <laughs> so the first one, uh, Kitty Foreman from that '70s show. Uh, somebody, oh, somebody had to balance oh, out red. Oh shit! Yeah, somebody. I guess to... you forgot her, Ben. <laughs> it's okay, I got it. She's phenomenal. Yes, she was hilarious on that show, and she balanced out. The red with the dumbass, and and she's the only reason that Eric lived past season one, <laughs> to be quite honest. So she's on the list. 
Um, I also picked Marge Simpson from The Simpsons because how do you? How, she's the only one that's keeping that family alive. Thirty seasons. Thirty seasons. Well, but I think in real time, what are they like? Only two years in. She's <laughs> married to Homer Simpson. Yes. She's raising Bart, Lisa, and Maggie basically by herself. And Bart is not in jail yet, so that is a win. Um, I also picked Vivian Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, obviously a mom to Hillary Carlton and Ashley, and then who are the little ones? Nikki. Or is this just one little one? It was a twin. One little one. One. Tweak, uh, Nikki. And she was also the aunt to Will. And the mother figure on that show. And she... Like, I just... When I think of TV show moms, I think she was a really good one. Um, I also picked... And this is just for sheer funniness. Uh, Francine Smith from American Dad. Um, who's, Ameri- who's married to Stan Smith. The first couple seasons, she, they, they wrote her as the dumb blonde, but since then, she's gotten really funny and really witty and sarcastic, and every time I see that show, hers and Roger's dynamic is hilarious, and anytime they're doing some kind of skit together, I'm all in. See, I, I, like, I like her and Klaus's dynamic. And, uh, yeah. and then, um, uh, this is for the, the hot moms on TV uh, <laughs> slot in my top five. Claire Dunphy and Gloria Pritchard from Modern Family. Oh my god, those two. Oh so my god. like a tie? They share yeah, a spot? Yeah, they each have their, their own qualities. They share I think, a spot because you Claire, want them I, together. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I like Claire a little bit better than Gloria. But like by hair. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. <laughs> Just a smidge. Uh, so how long was caught the Cosby Show on TV? 1984 for eight seasons, so 1992 was its final season. So it's certainly the early yeah. There's 80s. no way I would have watched that. I was born. So, in, I was well, born I mean, in '84, so then I don't think I was born in '82. I don't think my dad or my mom watched that show. So I, well, I started watching it when I was you know seven, eight years old when it was already when it was done. Broad, well, yeah. So no, it was on. Uh, it was on sometime in the afternoon after school. I can't remember exactly when, but yeah, it was one of those that we watched it after school kind of shows. Me and my sister. All right. But that's my top five: Claire Dunphy and Corey Pritchett, Hot Moms. Whoop whoop. Ben. All right, Ben. Okay, I actually put them in order for Whoa. ranking. Oh, here we go. Now, just because. I mentioned her name. I wasn't getting out of it. I made her no, number five, not number one, number five. Now, I have to emphasize, this is before the most recent meltdown she had on the most recent re-release of the show, or reboot of the show. I put Roseanne Arnold because I thought she was pretty badass back in the early 90s, when that version was on. Alright? Okay. We good? Okay, okay. Right. yeah. Meet you halfway. As, put as her long on as list. she's on the list, you put she her on, on the list, list last week, so I she did. had to be on the list this week. I changed one of my answers to Kitty from that '70s show because I was like, "Shit, she's definitely got to be on that list." Rather than my original pick was June Cleaver from Leave It to Beaver. Did you watch that show, or is that just yeah? Never it was made? A, that was one of those shows I watched at lunchtime when I went home for oh. lunch when I was in Toronto. I don't know if you guys got it lunchtime. Okay, well, to Toronto we got lunchtime. We weren't starved kids here in Alberta. Uh, <laughs> Alberta Beach. We did have lunch time. You must have gone home for lunch for, at some point. Dude, I was like a hop, skip, and jump away from school, so I would go home and watch Jetsons, Flintstones. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, I thought, I thought Jetsons. It was all cartoons. It was the Flintstones the... and Leave It to Beaver, right? Or I would watch wrestling VHS. That's how old I am. VHS. Right. Okay. So, yes, Kitty. 
is uh, number four. Number three, Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show. Okay. Because she was married to Bill Cosby. Jesus. Number two is Marge Simpson. Because as mentioned, she's married to Homer. That's a chore in itself. Yep. Um, Bart, Maggie, and Lisa. Well, at least Lisa balances them out with, you know, the right thing to do. And also, the baby's been a baby for 30 years. Can you imagine raising that baby in 30 years? Go, Marge! Maybe, maybe she's, there's something wrong with the baby. Maybe, know, but Marge is keeping it together. And my number one choice, you guys probably didn't watch this, Edith Bunker from All in the Family. Okay. I've heard of it, but never watched it. She's married to Archie Bunker. Yep. Case closed. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Those are my top five moms. What do you got, Dave? Thank you so much, man, for sharing. They're um, all cartoons, aren't they? Top five, no order. Claire Huxable. I, I actually did watch the Cosby Show. Loved it. And educate, what are educated fuck, here, Jesse. Where the fuck was I? Like, I, did, I don't recall. You're watching. outside in your backyard playing by yourself with your statistics. I don't Being a nerd. <laughs> My wife still has like like PTSD for me telling her that I did that. She thinks like like I had the worst childhood ever. I'm like it was fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I had leagues. Yeah, yeah, no drama. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no bullies. Not not well until you went to school. Yeah, <laughs> and you were probably the bully. Nope, I sure was not. No, no, uh, no. He no, was no, the bully no. of lockers. No, no, no. Um, so locker. yeah, where the fuck was I for this Cosby show? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Vivian Banks. I, I could put her. Yeah, I Fresh Prince Bel Air was a huge part of my life. Huge part of my life. Me too. Uh, Peggy Bundy. Ah, yes. Yes. Love Mary with Children. <laughs> I loved her sense I of humor. I picked her, you picked Peg. Okay, yeah. fair that's, enough. That's I love her sense of humor and her sarcasm. Mary with Children is one of those shows that, and, and, um, and uh, um, All the Family, are two. those two shows could never be played today. No. There's no way. <laughs> uh, Claire Dunphy, I picked as well. Yeah, baby. Because she just she cracks me up, and she's married to uh, Phil. 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 Yeah, her Who's and a... <laughs> Phil's dynamic is so funny. That think... Those those two have me. Cracking I keep up. thinking about that, that scene where Phil's mentioning the girls he has crushes on. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm attracted to strong, <laughs> independent women. Michelle Obama, Serena Williams, Oprah Winfrey. Wait. <laughs> but uh even though <clears throat> first was a huge part of my life later when it came out the first show that i remember watching vividly and just learning so much from was family matters okay so harriet winslow was my was my my, my final one okay. love family matters awesome yeah so i guess everybody that's listening give us your top five tv show moms uh, I won't add something for next week. We'll just leave it at that. I think less of you if you do this either, even though, yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen. I thought you guys thinking. At first I thought that was a joke. I'm like, wait, they really want me to do this? Oh, yeah. I was all for it. Okay. I really should have, I, sh- I really should have done this around Mother's Day. It would have made more maybe sense. I'll, maybe I'll wait and around Father's Day we'll do top <laughs> TV dads. Oh, I already have my, my, my TV top. show dads. Can we do TV slash film? No. Just what? TV. Furious Styles. TV. From Boys in the Hood. Have you ever seen Boys in the Hood? Then, yes. then we do Furious Styles. We do, yes. Great doing, father figure. Are we doing Morpheus? Is this yeah? Is this where we're going? Are we doing this? Are we waiting to father? It's figure? like we're having a joke top five with a real top five. Are we doing now. top five movie dads now? Top five film and TV dads. Film and TV. Make it longer so it makes it more difficult for you guys. So we get five. See, I, I already have two: Furious TV Styles dads. and Uncle Phil. 
Are we doing this next week? Yeah. It's in. It's in like Oh, in. and I might as well announce the second one because Chris made two suggestions, actually. Okay. So next week we'll do a top five TV and film father figures. How about just TV make it harder on you? Why are you trying to make it harder on us? <laughs> top five entertainment father figures. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Getting and broader. Does Chris Jenner count, or do I have to pick Caitlyn Jenner? Why are you thinking about this? <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. That is tough, right? Um, and then Chris also asked us to do a top five tag team finisher. Okay, so we'll which do, okay. I thought was easy, but if you actually don't think about it, it's no. actually really hard. No, no, that's actually not it's really uh, hard. So t- next week is top five TV Fathers? show slash. Film. Film. Dads. Yep. And then top five tag team finishers. Yes. Ben's shaking his head, but he's in. We should have done the Mike's top ten finishers for the women. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. <laughs> All right. So what? what's the other one we're doing? Then? Top five single finishers okay. of all time. Go, Jesse. Me? Okay. In no order, uh, but my criteria, and I have mentioned this. I don't know if I've mentioned it's this It's so annoying this you mention this because you always mention this. I always mention this. <laughs> it has to be... A finisher that can be done to everybody. So that disqualifies some. Like AJ Styles is not doing the Styles Clash to fucking Big Show. It ain't happening. Only in 2K20 is a glitch. <laughs> there you go. So it has to be able to be done to everybody. And this this is my own criteria. And also be safe. So like Goldberg Spear does not count. It's an over breaker? Because he's, mur- he's trying to murder the guy he's spearing. And also himself. Because I've seen himself... Like, knock into a ring post and be like, dude. It just happened with Saudi Arabia. Um, so, I, talking about Goldberg, <laughs> I picked the jackhammer. Because he's, that's the only A move, guy that you just said is not yes, safe. Yes, that's the only move that he's safe with. He takes care of the guys that are in that move. I don't know. Really, ask Undertaker that. The okay, I'm not counting <laughs> when they're both old as balls, dude. <laughs> said he's safe with it with everybody. Oh my god, shut up. <laughs> Well, then it disqualifies the F5 for Lesnar because he fucking killed Zach Gallon with That's it. probably and A-Train. Must put that. Yeah. And A-Train? Yeah. So anyways, I picked the Jackhammer for Goldberg because that was some impressive shit. Especially on, the, on Big Show. On the Big Giants? Show. Yeah. Um, and I, the nice. iconic imagery of getting a guy up and the whole crowd be, like, like behind him standing up and get, like, so cool. Uh, Stone Cold Stunner, Steve Austin. That's probably the number one on everybody's list. Um, the flying elbow from Randy Savage. Beautiful. Later, didn't make my list. Later, towards the end of his WWE run, it kind of became redundant because they weren't protecting the finish. But in the eighties, that basically was money. Are you like, talking about he, when he hit it on Warrior seven times? Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm referencing. Yes, uh, I did uh, the F five by Brock Lesnar. That's a pretty looking finisher. He could do it to absolutely everybody. Yep. Um, and my last one, I picked the Rainmaker from Okada in New Japan. Uh, a big reason for that, obviously you can hit on everybody, but they protect that finish. If he hits it, they're done. I know Naito kicked out of it this past Wrestle Kingdom, but it, it, it had been many years before they allowed somebody to kick out of that finish, which is something that New Japan does really well. They protect the One Wing Angel from Kenny Omega. Uh, they protect Stormbreaker from Will Ospreay. They do a really good job of that stuff. So, finishers mean finish. Sorry? Sure, like finishers actually mean something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's my top five singles finishers. 
Well, I guess I'm going next since you're looking at me. I did not uh, even look at women as a finisher uh, for for this category. Uh, or victorious finisher could have been one of them. The widow's peak. Yep. But I didn't even I didn't even go with that because I wasn't sure if it was just like for top five men's finishers, but I just kind of went that way. So I know very sexist. Right. Uh, mine are actually ranked again. <laughs> you have your stick with it. I have mine. It's just showing up. Number five, RKO. I was gonna pick that one because. Over the diamond cutter? Over the bubble cutter? See. Over the ace crusher? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing talking about that shit? Uh, RKO got picked because I just remember Matt Seidel doing a oh, the shooting, shooting star, press. star press and Randy Orton RKOing him at the bottom. Okay. I, went, I have to pick that just because of that. How about okay. Seth Rollins? He legit can do it out of nowhere. Okay. Uh. RVD's five-star frog splash. Beautiful. Yes. I love his And the bump. hang time he got. Whoop. Yep. <laughs> Goldberg spear. <laughs> I thought he was actually gonna, written down. I thought he was going to say the cobra. When he was laughing. Yeah, the way he like, was laughing, I'm like, he okay. He picked the worm or the cobra or something. Or the people's elbow or something <laughs> goofy. Because every time Goldberg hit the spear, the it crowd was a would finish. be insane after. And he would do his... Jumping, he go insane. Yeah, like okay. that just insane juice memory. you right up. So for you, Goldberg spear trumps every other spear out there. Yes. So okay. for you, it's adrenaline rush after they hit the finish. Yes. Gotcha. And okay. Goldberg spear is just so much different and so much like scary uh, compared to the other spears. Like even Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns does an excellent spear, but Goldberg spear, like you see him coming at you, you're like, oh! you know, <laughs> there's no way of taking it safely. No. Yes. Oh, this is happening. Yep. This is going to be a very interesting one. Gil Kim's finisher, Eat Defeat. It's very commonly used. Okay. I, I just like that. I'm like, shit, that would actually do a lot of damage. You could break the guy's jaw doing that. Damn. That would incapacitate him on the spot. I can't remember if it was Xavier Woods or Naomi that called it soul food. Well, someone called it soul food as well, referencing the shoot. Hmm. So I thought it was really clever. And my number one... J- it can't be done to everybody. I know this right now. <laughs> no, but that, that's my criteria. Like, you do whatever you want. And just because this is still the fucking coolest thing I ever saw as a finisher, the Canadian Destroyer. But it almost is done to everybody now, because everybody yeah. fucking does. It's a, it's a yeah. transitional move. When Petey Williams did in TNA so for Petey the first Williams? time. Yes, t- Petey Williams. Kid, Canadian Destroyer. Yes. Okay. I, I always envisioned the one he did the styles, where he was in the second turnbuckle, and he yes. jumped down and flipped it. Like, that was beautiful. Now... You see the Canadian Destroyer more in headlocks and hip tosses. Yeah. So it's very yeah. like, you freaking Dustin Rose did it as a pop onto a onto the apron. Yeah. Freaking uh, Ricky Gibson or R- Ricky Ricky Morton did he do it? What? In AEW, one of the Rock and Roll Express did yeah, the Canadian Destroyer. Oh yes. With yeah. the yeah. assisted. More, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, holy cow. Even Petey Williams went on Twitter and said, "Sorry guys, it was never meant to be a transitional move." So he's even like, really. The Canadian Destroyer. The Canadian Destroyer was, when that came out, that I think helped propel TNA at the time. Yes, it did. Because they well, were known for the X Division. Like the, yeah, thanks. You, you were seeing we're, Our wavelength was the same. Like, I literally was about to say X and you said it at the same time. Double X. It really did. Really did. So, yeah, good, good, good top five. I like it. Okay, Dave. What do you okay. got? Okay. No specific order because I'm not like Ben. I can't do that. It stresses me out, causing me anxiety. Uh, Stone Cold Stunner. Love that move. 
Uh, Tombstone Piledriver. Okay. I just, I loved, I, I loved how everyone started doing Who's it. Who's Tombstone? Takers. Okay. Always, always Takers. Sting. Well, definitely not Owen Hart. Sting would do it, but he botched a couple of them. Uh, who else do we see? Like, there was one pay-per-view event that we just reviewed recently where we saw two Tombstones in the same night in WCW. Uh, Fit Finley was he one of them? Maybe it was it was it was in TV two matches. One. Yeah, so it's like people try to duplicate it, but Taker is the best at it. Okay. Uh, Savage Elbow Drop. I have a lot of fun memories from that 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 move, like him and Steamboat. Like I just one of the things I wish that we did currently still. Remember back in the day they had all those flashes yeah. that they that they did themselves in the crowd. Flash bombs. Yeah, no, they, they were, didn't. Well, they eventually did do them. Like yeah. they. They would make it that they're like, oh, this is actually really fun. Like, Swanton Bombs. They even put in wrestling games. And it was so... I wish they brought that back. Especially for the high finishers. Yeah. Uh, Styles Clash. A lot of the reason why they don't do it now is because, like, when you're taking a picture with your phone, you don't need the flash as much anymore because the phones have gotten so good. Yeah. Right? I just miss the the feeling when you see all those flash... And, and, and then the after photo, after the flash is hit. But the Styles Clash I picked. Okay. I remember... Nerdy story here. I remember when I first started training in wrestling, I actually emailed TNA to get a hold of AJ to get permission to use the Styles Clash. Because when I first saw him do it, I was like, this is really freaking cool move. Same thing with the Canadian Destroyer, where it's like, I've yep. never seen this done before. You're Not never, the you're safest. You're never giving me the Styles Clash. Ever, no, never. So you know. If I do, don't tuck. Um, not the safest move, to be honest with you. A lot of wrestlers have that response for some reason to tuck. Yep. And he's broken nine necks with it. Not his fault. But um, the last time I saw it, him almost botch it was with James Ellsworth. Oh, yes. Where he was able to stop Ooh, it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's not a safe move by all means. And he can't well, that, do it to that's everybody. Why, that's why he's transitioned to the phenomenal yeah, forearm, right? Which I, I do like that move, too. And my final one, just childhood memories, sharpshooter. Nice. Who's? Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart's. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really... Like I said, I never grew up watching WCW. So I didn't really well, know Owen Sting. did it, too. I didn't know Sting did it first. Yeah. On the TV, that would be I did deathly. not know that until we the started reviewing. But yeah, that was my top five. So next week we're going to do top five tag team finishers, which is not easy for me because there's no, there's not really many of them that are actually established. Um, I already know one on top of my head right now. I'm not going to say it. The, and the the thing is too, like it almost disqualifies a lot of current teams because a lot of current teams don't have tag team finishers because they keep on just. Mishmashing these guys together, like there's yeah, like it's so five hard. of them in WWE that do the revival, the club. They got they got their booze, the Usos, but then like I'm just trying to think. Of one of the one. coolest ones that they uh, mashed like, was does Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy have one? No, or no. sorry, just Murphy. My bad. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, I, I that's the one name change I do agree with though, because there's no bad guys named Buddy. Hey, buddy. Yeah, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, it's a positive thing, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So next week on Bias Time, we'll do the top five. TV dads and film dads, and then top five Tay Team finishers. All right. So I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. And fans do the same. It's now time for your beneficial facts. SummerSlam 1996 took place August 18th, 1996, in Cleveland, Ohio, at the Gund Arena in front of a packed to the Raptors' house of 17,000 fans. Hmm. Did you see fans and Louis Armstrong there. It's so <laughs> what a wonderful. It's so, like, it's so crazy that WWE can get 17,000 fans for their big events, but like Bash at the Beach, which is supposed to be like a big WCW event, gets 7,000. Yeah. Mm. 
Like, they don't even book bigger arenas because they know they can't even fill it. Like, it's just crazy the difference between the two. Cleveland is the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did you know that? I did. Yes. Right. I know that now. There you go. The tagline for this throwdown showdown, I'm going to say that a few times, throwdown and showdown. Okay. Because it rhymes with that uh, really fast five times. Was opposites attack. Ha ha ha! Yes, yes, baby! I saw that in the picture I posted on our, on our Twitter profile. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Opposites attack? Creative was attack. Attack, attack, attack. Sorry, attack. <laughs> Commentary is done by Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Mr. Perfect. Right. SummerSlam 96 did a pay-per-view buy rate of 0.58, equivalent to 157,000 pay-per-view buys, with a live gate of 413,168. Now, pay-per-view buys were down 23% from the previous year's SummerSlam. This pay-per-view... This uh, pay-per-view buy stat would be the lowest in the history of SummerSlam for WWE up until 2014, which did 147,000 buys, and 2015, which did 123,000. Now, mind you, these are the years where the the network was just getting up and running, so there's still some uh, fidgeting of some... Yeah, the the numbers are a little... Numbers were a little uh, muffled at this time. Can you blame them, though? Like, if you just tuned in to SummerSlams last year, and you tuned in, you saw Mabel versus Diesel... Or Shawn Michaels. I mean, you're getting a big upgrade. Here. Yeah, but you saw Mabel versus Diesel, and you're like, I ain't doing this again. Bad taste in the mouth still from last year. Yeah. Eh, it's understandable. No Bret Hart. That's got to play a factor. And Hulk Hogan's also a bad guy at this time, too, so there's probably a little less interest. Yep. And it's probably all polarized up, polarized on WCW right now, which is actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some much different matches originally announced for SummerSlam. One was supposed to be British Bulldog taking on the Ultimate Warrior. But Warrior and WWE had parted ways, so so to speak. According to some points of view on the matter, Warrior had seemed to have self-destructed his career. So Warrior was replaced by Sid. Sid. Thank you, Sid. The other advertised match was Intercontinental Champion Ahmed Johnson pitted to take on Owen Hart. This match was scheduled before the debuting of Farouk Assad, Ron Simmons. Damn! Ron Simmons and Ahmed Johnson as a tag team. B. Nation of Domination. Damn, Johnson! (laughs) Nation of Domination. Well, for like two weeks when they were together. Yeah, but they were rivals. Count it. Count it. Does count. So... (laughs) <laughs> On the July 22nd edition of Monday Night Raw, Shawn Michaels' birthday, by the way, Farouk would kick Johnson in the lower back during a run-in, which would result in some heavy-duty consequences in Johnson's health and career. Before we touch on that, though, Owen Hart was uh, would take on Savio Vega instead, of, um, instead at SummerSlam. So he wouldn't fight for the Intercontinental Championship. He'd fight Savio Vega in the opening match. No problem. It's a good uh, substitute there. So Johnson and Farouk were set to face for the Intercontinental Championship. This was after the original... Okay, so the original match was supposed to be Owen and Ahmed. But then Farouk debut, and they went into a program immediately with each other. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Yep. So Owen Hart got punted, kind of? Yep. Okay, so... Yeah, where was I? Farouk's debut on Raw. Johnson would... Sorry. 
Uh, I lost my train of thought here. So Johnson and Farouk were set to face off for the Intercontinental Championship as a result of Farouk's debut on Raw on July 22nd. Johnson would say that the kick that Farouk laid into him felt like he had been shot. And I don't know if you've seen the replay. So it was a shoot kick. It wasn't a work oh, yeah, kick. He, oh. oh, yeah. It was. Okay. Like, it was an accidental sh- like shoot kick. Johnson and... There's an interview I saw where Johnson actually stated, like, this was well after, that Simmons actually said, yeah, I actually did go out to actually hurt you because I had heard, heard that you, you know, were stiffing guys. So I was like... We've seen that. Interesting. But that this is from Johnson's take. I've never heard Farouk or, sorry, Rod Simmons say this. So, Vader would notice uh, that Johnson was breathing very weird later that night. Ahmed would be in tremendous pain and would actually end up uh, in intensive care, requiring immediate, er, requiring emergency surgery on his kidney on August 6th. As a result, Johnson was taken off the road, and the IC belt was vacated, and the match was scrapped. Wow. What a turn of events. Yeah. Damn. Damn and right. See, when they was mentioning Johnson's injury on... I've never seen this. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. When they were mentioning Johnson's injury on the pay-per-view, I was like, oh, okay, it's a storyline twist. Because I never knew anything about this. Yeah. Happening. Skip. The Body Donis suffered a cracked vertebrae at an August 9th live event at MSG while landing awkwardly, taking the smoking gun Sidewinder finisher. Uh, Skip would perform zero physical activity during their tag team match at SummerSlam, yep, as that. he would uh, be sporting a neck brace. They were in and out of the match pretty quick, uh, I think within four minutes. Yep. Probably for the best. Uh, Marco! Mero performed his version of the Shooting Star oh. Press, named The Wild Thing, for the first time ever in his match against Goldust. This was the like first no attempt. Like no trial trials? In an he had been practicing on like a crash pad. It wasn't bad. No, it, it wasn't no. Billy Kidman pretty, but it wasn't bad. Um, Billy Kidman pretty? It wasn't Billy Kidman pretty. Yeah. It wasn't. It was not. Billy Kidman pretty. It falls short of that. Like saying Billy Kidman's was pretty? You didn't like Billy Kidman's? No. Have you, did you tell me how many times he's botched uh, it? Well, there were some times <laughs> well, where he could have I would say Jason Thunder Liger, the guy who oh. invented it. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say Brock Lesnar. Okay, fine. I mean. Billy Kidman's before he started botching it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> you're so hard on me. <laughs> Stand um... up, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our new shirt. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to be our new shirt? Stand, Stand up, up, I'll show, show you. you. <laughs> it'll be the Actually, second. Yeah, I don't mind that. Actually. It'll be the second bestseller behind Wahoo Dick! Yeah. <gasps> I can make a one shirt thing. Oh, yeah. Wahoo Dick in the front and Stand Up, I'll show you in the back. I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you about Wahoo Dick. This is not beneficial. <laughs> What are you talking about? This is very beneficial. <laughs> Wahoo dick. Wahoo dick. It's beneficial. Uh, the first half of the Boiler Room brawl, in the actual Boiler Room, was taped the night before. Undertaker was drained because of promotional appearances that day. So one of your cornerstone pieces for your company works his tail off all day long to promos. Let's have him fight mankind and a kick the shit out of each other tilt as a nice subtle wind down. 
for the day. I'm sure you slept great after. <laughs> sure, in the hospital. Um, mankind nearly ended his career from that ladder spot. Really? Because it, it looked like it was safe. Um, it looked like it was safe as it could be. Yeah. There was a crash pad spot with a bunch of cardboard boxes. I don't know if you kind of saw the corner of your eye. Yeah. He was I heard supposed the to sound. land on that. He did not land on that. He missed it by a mile. Of course he did. It's like he missed it on purpose, probably. He's like, I'm going to make this look real. When, when Mankind fell backwards off of the ladder, he's supposed to have landed on some cardboard as a crash pad, but pretty much missed it entirely. Foley did some nasty damage to his sciatic nerve, severe disc damage, and the pain would get worse over the coming months. Foley would do intensive self-remedy sessions in order to avoid needing an epidural. Uh, Vader and Michaels was supposed to have continued on for the next several months. SummerSlam was supposed to end with a non-finish, setting up a rematch for Survivor Series where Vader would win the title from Sean, which would lead to Sean regaining the title in front of his hometown fans at Royal Rumble 1997. Those were the original plans. However, HBK disposed working with Vader at the time because of his stiff style. What's that? Do you mean despised? Dis I said despised. No, you said disposed. Dis despised. Yeah, I can't read despised? my own writing. Despised? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, disposed. I'm sort of like, he trashed Dis the idea? Disposed <laughs> working with Vader. He, he trashed the idea I of working dispose of him. <laughs> okay. Because of his stiff style. In an interview with Jim Cornette, uh, Cornette would say that Michaels even threatened Vader's job for being too stiff and grabbing his hair. Grabbing his hair. His hair, yeah. It makes sense, though. You watch that match. Vader was pulling his punches like crazy. He was driving me batty. Because it looked like garbage. Well, and he had him in the corner, and he was like, yeah, like, like tapping just, him, like tapping him. <laughs> and I'm like, where's the Vader? Like maul this motherfucker, but maul him. Here's the thing, though. Like, uh, Cornette also said that Vader was very sensitive. He was a big teddy bear, and you can hurt his feelings quite easily back then. So, yeah, someone like that with a mentality of that nature, you know mixing it up with Shawn Michaels back in 1996 with his attitude the way it was, you were fucked. Yeah. yeah. You were fucked. Uh, so SummerSlam would be it for these two having a throwdown showdown going forward. I don't know why I like that throwdown showdown. Okay. There's, there's a t-shirt. Um, um, final note for this edition of Beneficial Facts, even though we are only in August right now of 1996, Tammy Sitch, Sonny, America Online named Sonny the most downloaded celebrity on the internet for 1996. In August. No, I, I'm just saying we're in August. We still have like, sorry, we still have like four months to go in 1996. Oh, but at this 1996, point. Sonny was the most downloaded celebrity on the internet. I think King mentioned that during the broadcast. Did he? he I don't know. He said that. something about Sonny being search the most or something yeah i search her the most yeah, yeah. we get it king <laughs> you're probably searching her right now yeah and uh yeah these have been your beneficial facts our first match of the evening as ben mentioned is sabio vega facing owen hart owen hart wins by submission at 13 minutes and 23 seconds ben what were your thoughts okay i had no issues with this match in terms of the quality of the story and the work ethic in this 
Something just felt like it was lackluster just because I guess it's the opening match with Savio Vega. And to this point, um, Vega had just been kind of a mid-card filler performer. Nothing against his work or him. Um, Owen milking the injured arm was awesome. Only Owen could pull that off like that. Uh, the finish with the cast. Pretty well executed. I thought so too. I, I was like, so yeah, too. I mean, we have these finishes where, you know, the rep is distracted. Yes. You show the replay and they show it, like, during the um, the match and everything. I'm like, holy crap, they actually did that very well. Like, it's actually believable if the rep didn't see that. They had the angles covered in every way. Um, but pretty good match. Like, like I, it, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just kind of crapping on Savio Vega a little bit here because we really haven't seen him in, you know, any exact, some six-star... Uh, Dave Meltzer matches yet. So I'll just, wait till so. it's in the Tokyo Dome, though. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a good opening match. Like both worked really well. Um, I gave it. A, I gave it a C. Dave. Uh, Owen's bumps are just so clean. Oh, like yeah, so, they are. Uh, they were doing the spot where he was doing the arm wrench lift slam, and both bumps he took were just beautiful. Owen could have uh, used Enzo's as his finish at this point. Like when he hits that Enzo I'm Gary, surprised he didn't transition into after that. the concussion, right? Yeah, after the Shawn Michaels concussion, concussion angle. That, that should be like the, the the time where he transitioned to say, "Okay, career, I'm going to move on from the sharpster to to, to diss myself in the Brett and use Enzo Gary." Now, didn't he when when Austin when Austin's neck got broken? Didn't he use the pile driver for a time as his finish because like he had a su- uh, shirt that I broke on like yeah. I broke the freaking neck. Like, didn't he use the pile driver for a time? So why wouldn't like? Like, he should have done it with the Enziguri, so I don't know. Yeah, the Enziguri, he, he hits that. It's beautifully executed. Uh, not much else to say in the match. I thought it was really well done. I love the use of the cast. I love the story behind that and how Owen executed everything and how Owen was yelling, my my arm, my arm, my arm. Yeah. And then, as he's bashing Sophie, I was like, there's no pain. Yeah. So I was like, this is awesome. I love this. I get the match to see. Uh, so the finish was um, Savio goes to give a back body drop to Owen, and as he's coming down, his head lands on Owen's cast. That was a nice no- spot. That was nice. Knocking him loopy, and he—you actually, when they showed the replay, his head actually hit the cast, so it made sense. Yeah. Owen then plays possum, and as the ref is like checking for something, then then Owen knocks Savio with his cast, puts him in the sharpshooter, and I don't even think Savio tapped. They just they just called. Well, and the then there's why I was like. The integrity would have made sense as a finish. He just hit his head. Yeah. And he yeah. puts him in submission. I'm like, uh. That'll learn him. <laughs> I gave this match a C also. I thought it was a solid opener. It was a great opener, favorite. especially considering it was Savio, which. He's decent. Our next match is for the tag team titles, and it's a four way elimination match. Not a fatal four way. No. No, it's a four way. And I, I think that's what they said. They said like a four way elimination match. Uh, it's between the New Rockers, which is Leaf Cassidy and Marty Jannetty, the Body Donnas, the Godwins, and the Smoking Guns, and the Guns of the Champions going in. They retain by pinfall at 12 minutes and 18 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? I was confused because there was a, sp- a time in the match where both the guns were tagged in. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, this makes no sense because now it's a fatal four-way. Why would they go for a pinfall? And eliminate, them, and eliminate themselves. Yeah. So I was like, but then now that Ben mentions that there was two injuries in the match, uh, I was like, did they do that for time filling? Maybe. Because like that's the only thing I could think of. Because otherwise, I'm like, this makes no sense. And 
What annoyed me with that spot is when it was Zip and one of the Godwins tagged them both in. Yeah. And then they bailed. And then the guns went and just went to tag Zip and he just put on yeah. his hand again. I was like, you just did the spot. Why are you tagging back in? <laughs> that makes no sense. And like, and to me, I was like, this, this, I don't understand this now. And after that point, it was very hard for me to get into the match. Because I was still like, why? <laughs> why did you do this? Um, I, I will say Billy, though, is absolutely in great shape. The guy can move. And you, you forget. You can tell like, Billy's the star out of those. Holy eight. cow! He's not only is he moving fast, he's taunting the crowd. He's talking, like you can see. He's, a he's badass. Yeah, he's a badass. He's the one, baby. Uh, I love his one. snap bumps. I've always been a fan of snap bumps when they're done properly. Like his snap bumps are so good. Interesting elimination though on the new rockers. I did like that. How they got eliminated? And it was you like can a, just describe it. Go for it. Oh my god, I want to. <laughs> I can't remember who. Who was did what? Who? Yeah, like they bumped into it. each other basically. And well, one guy went over the top rope. Yeah, it was over the top rope into the ring off the apron bump, and I was like, that was actually kind of cool. It, I can't remember who went underneath the ropes, and I think the person, I think the the spot was, I think it was Leaf Cassidy. Yeah, I think it was Jenny that they got pinned. So I think Leaf, got yeah, so Leaf Cassidy went under the ropes, and it looked like Jenny went to jump over him not to get hurt. He fell over into the ring, and then he got pinned. I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, but now that Ben mentioned the injuries going into this, I can understand why this match was so quick. Like, I'm like, the Brydons, I thought maybe his neck was a work injury. Like, it was like a, oh, it was a storyline injury, but now it's yeah, a legit injury. injury. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, I, I feel bad, but I gave the match a D. Ben? Yeah, just to kind of, uh, go on with Dave mentioned. What the hell is with the point of that spot with Billy and Bart being tagged in? I think yeah. it was a time filler or something. Nothing happened from it. Uh, the miscues from the rockers and guns was comical, I thought, with each other. Yeah. Um, the finish didn't help for me. Okay match. Could have been a war. It could have been a lot worse. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I gave it a C. Okay. Uh, so the eliminations, the guns eliminated the body on us. Um, and then the Godwins eliminated the rockers. And then the final finish was Billy was dropped with a slop drop by Phineas. And as the ref is distracted on the with stuff on the outside, Bart comes off the top with an elbow to the head and rolls over rolls over Billy to win. Couple things from this. I gave the match a D. First off, the Rockers tights are awful. <laughs> they wouldn't have been cool in the 80s. Those were ugly singlets. Like, they wouldn't so have been cool ugly. in the 80s. They should never have been worn. I, I don't understand. Per- I think they purposely did it because oh, they were just so terrible. So terrible. Uh, they didn't get heat. Come on. Why would the Rock... But they didn't get heat. Nobody gave a shit about them. They came out and everyone was like... They tried to get heat. Everyone, they came out and people were like, Who the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, it's Marty Gennetti. He's oh, back. Snow. He's back <laughs> for the 16th time. Good for him. Yay. Uh, also, why would the Rockers try to break up a pin in an elimination match? Ah, it's a common mistake that we even see these days happen. I hate it's, it. It's so. It's frustrating. like when you're if you book an elimination match and you're trying to sell me the fact that they're trying to eliminate each other, there shouldn't be any breakups. Nope. Unless, unless it's partner to partner. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But it wasn't. The Rockers broke yep. up a pin attempt by the Smoking Guns, and I'm just like, and then the guns got up and pushed them, and then. That led to the Rockers finish where the Godwins got the pin. And it's just like, but why would the Rockers do that? That makes no sense. So that was a head slap for me, which dropped it from a C to a D. 
And that's where we're at. Our next match is British Bulldog facing Psycho Sid, who was supposed to be Ultimate Warrior, but we get Psycho Sid. So there we are. They're, they're at. At least he shows up. That's right. Sid wins by pinfall at 6 minutes and 24 seconds. Ben. I like the match on paper. Power for power. Uh, Sid seems like he's trying to be... He's trying to work as a more rounded performer. Like he does a side headlock takedown. Does a few holds on the mat. He's that side to... lock, headlock takedown I think surprised Bulldog. I don't think he expects him to do it. He's like, what are we doing here? Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, he's trying different things. Well, that's a good thing or a bad thing. We're just trying different things. Uh, Bulldog worked as a pretty solid uh, possible threat to Sid. Um, what's up, dude? I just like how you guys talk about him doing a side hello takeover. He's trying new things. <laughs> he it's the he first thing you fucking that. learn in wrestling. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Going back to basics, baby. But you look at Sid, do you really need no, to I, teach I get him what you're saying, but I'm just like... I'm like, it's just, it's just huh? the, the, it's just, it's just like the, yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. Like, that's funny. He doesn't do chain wrestling. Sid's not a chain wrestler. Giants usually don't, and that's the reason no. for that. Can you imagine trying to do like a hammer lock reversal to a giant? Uh, <laughs> holding up his arm and saying, shit, bring trying new things. <laughs> trying new things. Trying new things. Trying new things. You gotta give me credit. Trying yeah. new things. Try new things. Stand up, I'll show you. <laughs> hey There it is. Wahoo, Nick! Uh, good work for both overall. I like I like the match. Um, Sin is getting over huge with the crowd. Fuck. But isn't that like his, his MO? Every every time he goes away and comes back, the crowd fucking crowd him loves up. him. There's they a reason why Vince wants to give him whole they get spot. Bo- they, give, they get bored of him, but they love him when he first gets in there. But they get bored of him quick. But they fucking love that guy. <laughs> um, and I liked that the finish was clean. I don't know. I, I just really appreciated the fact that there was a clean finish here. It was one of Camp Cornette's guys, so you figured yeah, Jim's gonna do some batshit crazy shit. Um, I gave the match a C. Dave, uh, that was a very odd and unsafe scoop slam by Sid on the Bulldog. Yes, it was. Is he trying new things there too? <laughs> He's just like, I did a, stand up, I'll show you. <laughs> I did a headlock takeover. Now I'm going to do a body one. slam now. That's right. Nope, that didn't go well. Uh, Dan I gave this, me this. I gave this match a C primarily because of Bulldog. He hits his first stalling suplex on Sid. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. Even though we know this is his standard strength, like he does this all the time, it still impresses me. Then, he's a big guy. then he hits a stalling suplex from the apron into a gut yeah. buster on the top rope. I'm like, holy... And then Sid wins. I'm like, what? I do give credit to that spot, though, where he landed on the ropes, because... That's incredible that. strength, because yeah. you, you have to hold him up, and you have to, like... I guess not so much with Sid, because Sid's so tall. But still, it's like, that's impressive to bring him up, walk him over, drop him. And I was like, this match... I, I enjoyed the power for tower, uh, power for power... And then the whole Jim Cornette thing happened, which led to the finish. And I'm like, I'm so confused, because I don't know the context to why Jim is mad at this Clarence guy. Clarence Mason. Is yeah, I'm like, why is he attorney. mad at him? I don't understand what's happening So here. the way the announcers were explaining it was that like Clarence has been kind of freelancing on Raw and doing his own thing, and... So he's a paid employee by Jim, basically? Yes. Yeah, oh, he's the okay, that makes sense Kat to me. Cornette. Gotcha. And okay. now he's going off on his own, and they made it sound like he's trying to poach guys for his own 
Gotcha. Okay. Right? So that's where Cornet comes down and he gets mad. So the finish makes sense to me now. Yes. So I was like, I don't understand why he's getting mad at his guy out here helping. Uh, I get the match to see. So the finish was Bulldog hit the running power slam, but then he gets distracted by Cornet coming down and arguing with Clarence Mason over Clarence being out there and Cornet being mad that he's out there. Which, like... Kind of cancels each other out. In, in reality, like, Cornette's getting ready for this big WWE title match. Wouldn't he want, like, Clarence out there in his stead instead of him? Yeah, just go for these I, two matches for these two yeah, guys. And I got, I got shit to do. You yeah. take care of Owen and Bulldog, and we good. Um, and then, so then Bulldog goes for another one, and Sid reverses out of it and hits a choke slam, and then picks him up and hits a powerbomb to win. And a safe-looking powerbomb, too. I'll give him credit for that. I think it's probably part of who he's doing it, too. Yeah. Can you imagine if he stiffed Bulldog? Yeah, it wouldn't go well for him. Um, so I gave this match a C also. It oh, yeah. It was an okay match. Nothing special, but it was solid. It was nothing special, but nothing bad. That, yes. And he was trying new things. Yeah, he was trying new things. <laughs> Stand up, I'll show you. <laughs> Our next match, we got Goldust versus Marco. Mero. And Goldust wins by pinfall at 11 minutes and one second. I, I, I think... We should not have known that that was a thing because now, like, Mark Merrill will never be referred to as <laughs> anything Conrad else. Conrad Thompson and um, Bruce Pritchard would appreciate that. Yes. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on this match? Uh, I like the forearm smash on the apron that sent Merrill to the guardrail. I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, uh, there was a spot where Merrill did, they called it a diving back elbow, but it was like a trust fall. See that spot? Where yeah. He's, yeah. Turbuckle, he's just like, trust. Like, to be quite honest, I thought he had slipped. Yeah. It was... <laughs> I was like, did he fucking slip? And, <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's a diving back elbow. I'm like, is it though? No. <laughs> it was a trust <laughs> fall. It was a trust yes. fall. Okay. Uh, and then he hits the wild he's thing. trying new things. I saw him hit the wild thing. And I'm like, why do you have this instinctive motion to tuck your knees in? I'm like, because at first I saw, I thought he was going to do a shooting star knee drop. I was that'd like, be, that's not going to go well. That'd be badass. That'd have been on but my top five finishers. He hits the wild thing. And at this point, it's the first time we've ever seen a Shinnister Press, I believe. So I was like, I wish we saw a different one for the first time ever. <laughs> we could have seen a lot worse. I'm like, I don't like the... Like the I'm like, you can't call that a Shinnister Press. I call it the Cannonball Star Press. Right. That's exactly how it looked. It looks so... But I'm like, he also did it on his moonsault off the apron to Steve Austin. He tucked his knees in. I'm like, why is he doing this? Stop trying new things. Uh, <laughs> Don't be like Sid. Yeah. Stick to what you know. Even though I, I gave the match a C. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I hope Goldust gets some new attire soon. You've been saying that? I don't like for it. For like the entire, just, entirety of 96. I feel violated watching his matches right now. <laughs> ben? His, his attire is not changing. Um, <laughs> it ain't changing anytime soon. I think I might actually um, exercise my right. Due to, to safety, to not watch any more Goldust oh, okay. matches, because I feel violated every single time I watch. Well, since we're on the subject of attire, much much better attire for Mero, I thought. I do like his getup. Much much more Johnny B Bad esque. Looked a little more him. Mm-hmm. Sable's looking good too. I didn't like his black outfit. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she did look good. Um, I didn't like his black outfit, Mero's. No, I didn't like it. it wasn't. It was bland. It was. I was like, Ugh. Yeah, it was. Um, back to the tassels. Yep. Comfort zone's a wonderful thing, guys. I like how we're talking about a match and all you can talk about is his attire. <laughs> like, it's his tassels. Like, Goldust's attire. Don't like it. 
Meryl's. I have more notes. Tassels. I have more notes. Threw the tassels in for you, by the way. For me? Yeah, for him. He's the warrior fan. He's got tassels. Weren't you talking about Johnny B. Bad's like 10 million tassels? There was a time that yes. I felt like uh, like yes. he was killing yes. people with tassels and highlandering it up. That's what I remember. And his confetti. Yeah. The bad blasters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the match was okay. Um, I love the beginning with uh, Goldust doing his uh, shtick of... And then he just slaps Meryl. <laughs> I laughed pretty good at that. Weird, weird stuff between like Goldust and Sable, like like Lloyd kisses and mankind coming down and screaming mommy at her. Like, <laughs> what the? I was like, I need story to this. Why yes, does he think that? I was not sure why the fuck this is going. And Sable's like acting. Very she was screaming. Softly. Like, well, not like woman, but she's screaming. <laughs> so. Goldust infatuation with Sable <laughs> is, is both awesome and funny. Um, Do you know the story about it? No, I'm just trying to get into Marrow's head. Just no, but it's like Mankind, and that's why he's calling her mummies, just to get this um, there On Superstars, they were showing that. Where uh, Mankind came to the ring and uh, started just calling Sable mommy. Just so we're, we're assuming this is going to go somewhere that we'll understand uh, why. Because I, I am very confused. I, I automatically thought of Animal and Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. That's what I okay. thought of. There you yeah. go. Yeah. All right. But you watch Superstars? Well, they showed a clip from Superstars. I was going to say, so you're watching Superstars and you're watching Clash. I should be watching Heat. Clash or something is like... almost done. I can't <laughs> wait. It is garbage. Like, it's like Clash 12. It has been so bad. And I'm on Clash 33. They're fucking awful. But Vince McMahon says, um, and I'm not sure how he justifies this, but he's saying that it's sickening how Goldust is like, like acting with Sable. I'm like, how is that sickening? You would do the same thing. It's not sickening, it's sickening at all. that he's doing the thing that I want to do to exactly. her. Exactly. <laughs> um, Mankind's involvement wasn't needed, I thought. I kind of felt like they tried to cram in too much. Yeah, he's the got this big match with the like, well, yeah. room brawl, and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing out here? Although it's hilarious when he rounds should... the corner, just sprints back to the back. I'm like, yeah, Mankind. <laughs> I'm like, should you be Mommy! Mommy, run away. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk to Mommy before his match? <laughs> yeah. Last minute advice. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the wild thing scared me because, as mentioned in Beneficial Facts, it's the first time ever it was ever attempted. Glad he made the mark. I'm sure Goldust was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay. Marrow isn't clicking in WWE, is he? He sure is not. No. Nope. Crowd like, does not give a shit about him. Like... Okay, his Johnny B. Bad matches are one thing, but at least there was some entertainment value to it. He's... Uh, All I can say is... Good... It seems like he's afraid to try new things. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's a good thing he brought Sable along, because that's the only reason... That's he's... the only reason they signed him. Well, that, and that's... No, uh, no, Vince did want Vince Mara. wanted Johnny B. Bad, right? But, like... For whatever I think... reason... I think it it's not working great, and I think what's keeping the longevity of what he's got going on right now is, is Sable. Because How the fans should go nuts for her. Well, yeah. Especially the, Mankind, call her Mommy. Mommy, exactly. So. Loves her, he loves her so much that she's Mommy. Um, <laughs> I gave uh, the match a C. Pretty, pretty decent. So, I gave the match a D. I didn't think, like, I the crowd was dead for it, and I thought those two had no chemistry. Like, there was a lot of, like... It was a little bit not not botched. not botches, but just miscommunication, and it was quite a bit throughout the match. Like, like 
they go for a clothesline spot and they both like kind of stop for a second and then one would hit the clothesline and I'm just like shouldn't you guys have worked on this like on house shows before this like what no. the fuck are we doing here um the the finish was gold dust whipped Merrill into the turnbuckle and then as, and so Merrill takes it as a chest bump and as he walks back Goldust kicks him in the back and I don't understand that because then he goes for the um the curtain call but like you kick him in the he kicked him in the back like it was like you kicking in the gut to do like a DDT and I'm like he's not gonna bend over backwards <laughs> just, yeah like like crack ah epidural ah like, you know like what the fu- like I'm I'm getting a little frustrated with Dustin Rhodes because at this time because he's supposed to be a ring vet. And to me, he's still doing stupid ass shit. <laughs> and also, what frustrated me is is Mark Merrill goes for a scoop slam, and fucking Dustin doesn't even fucking help him. And Dustin, he looked like he was having trouble even lifting. Well, because Dustin's a big dude; he's like two hundred eighty yeah. pounds. And it's like you need to post, motherfucker, help your guy. And like, like Merrill was like, oh, shit, and just kind of like <laughs> dropped him. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so I was just, I was just frustrated with those things. It was so a I wild did, slam. It was wild slam. Try new things. <laughs> <laughs> Our next match is Jerry the King Lawler versus Jake the Snake Roberts. God damn it, why? Lawler wins by pinfall at four minutes and seven seconds. I assume our talk is going to be longer than the match. Ben. Yeah, I'm going to get nasty here. Uh, fuck yes. Jerry Lawler and fuck his stupid ass shit in this match. That's how I summarize it. Too personal with the jokes. Way too over the top. The match was terrible. Harvey Whippleman's refing was terrible. I felt bad for Jake in this match, 100%. I kind of wish Mark Henry kicked the crap out of Lawler. Um, the shot at the Browns was a low blow, too. See, I didn't like that. That's the only one that I was like, okay, you're going for cheap heat. That makes sense. You come out with the Ravens uh, jersey because they just like moved. That. But you know Whatever. what? I know the backstory behind that. That was... That was rough. And it was still pretty raw. But it's a team movie. Eh. Okay? It's not the same as mocking somebody's drinking problem. But it was still raw. I feel like the drinking... No, the the, drinking was a lot worse. It was. Um, What the fuck is with Harvey Whippleman's refing? He's a a fucking horrible ref. Maybe maybe that's why he's in with Lawler. It's like, Like, you're a horrible ref. Come on. How do you not... Harvey Whippleman doesn't see... Lawler hitting Jake with a bottle in the throat, and then afterwards, the bottle bouncing around the ring in front of his feet. You can't make a call based on that. You have to see the action. Well, the ball has to fall from somewhere to see. Yeah, but you don't know it could have fallen from the sky. Well, he kind of did it right in front of him, too. It wasn't behind okay, his back. You got a point there. Uh, fire Harvey Whippleman as a ref. Go back to being Bertha Faye's... Whatever the fuck he was, to oh, her. Oh, sweet Bertha Faye. Or Giant Gonzalez. I don't Dave's care. Just get him. Diva from the 90s. Just get him doing something else other than refing. Like, fuck. And I mean, the pinfall where Lawler like pulls on Jake's. What the fuck was that? His his like. What was that? Like he pulled on the wrong part of the tights. Pulled on the front. I'm like. Doesn't make any sense. You can still kick out. Yeah. You just have to kick your legs forward and he'll let go probably. No, I gave the fucking match a zero. Like I got an F. I got no I have nothing good to say about this other than poor Jake for having to go through this. Dave? 
Um, I had zero interest in this match after this the uh, despicable like build towards it and why they were doing it. And I'm sitting around like in my head, I'm like, okay, you have a employee of yours, a performer, who has a very public struggle with alcohol abuse. So how do you help him? Mock him. You mock him. Yes. I'm sitting around like that, that kind I'm of like, shit's what not the funny. F- I'm like, I can't. Especially after watching the Pick Your Poison DVD. Yeah. I'm like, if you watch that DVD first, then go watch this match and listen to what's been said and how they're treating it, you'd be like, this is disgusting. You know who also, like, like was disgusting? Mr. Perfect was chiming in. I understand they're supposed to be the heel commentator, but he was saying shit too on commentary, and I'm like, this is so wrong. It's just, from listening, like, let's say you're a fan uh, following Jake Rubber's career, and then you hear this commentary and, and, and the the statements that King's making, you're like, how does this benefit Jake long-term? How does he have a career after this? Yeah. It's not like, like you're giving match, him the title. This, he loses the match too. So it's like, how was this any benefit? Now, I compare it to the self-destruction of Ultimate Warrior DVD, where that DVD was just made to belittle and destroy Warrior. This was made to, just, just to belittle and destroy Lawler. Or, uh, sorry, Roberts. Um, Roberts. And at this point, I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's stupid because at this point there's a black cloud on wrestling. There's drugs. There's alcohol. Yeah, everywhere. The steroid trial wasn't too long. Yeah, so I'm this. sitting there, I'm like, I don't understand the intelligence of this storyline. And we did see the storyline happen again with Chris Jericho and CM Punk because CM Punk's father was an uh, was an alcoholic. So we saw Jericho pour alcohol on CM Punk, and so we've seen it. But the difference with that is, it's like. We don't understand the entire story with his with his dad, but after you watch Pick Your Poison with Jake Roberts, and then you watched I watched this, I was like, this is despicable. Like I just, I see how this no way benefits Jake Roberts mentally, physically, emotionally at all in his career, and it just it made me lose a lot of respect for WWE at this time, where it's like you know your employee's struggling, so you mock him, as opposed to saying you know what. Let's make this a story where you overcome it. You win the match. You defeat Lawler. And it makes you look good. But no, let's let's mock you and have you lose the damn match. After you've already been squashed by Vader. Then you got beat by Austin. And then you get right into this. So it's like, how do you have a career after this match? I gave the match an F. I also gave the match an F. Um, I really hope that Lawler ran... Ran... Uh, what was said by Roberts before. Uh, I doubt. I doubt it. Um, but this match made me very uncomfortable. Uh, I did not like it um, because of it. The finish was Lawler hit Roberts in the throat with the bottle and then uses the tights really stupidly uh, when pitting to win. Not good. Not good. F. Our next match is the Boiler Room Brawl between Mankind and The Undertaker. Mankind wins at 26 minutes and 40 seconds. Was it that long? Yes. I didn't want this match to end. I was like, this is how you have a gimmick match. Like, this is how you do it. Like, you have two gimmicks that fit the gimmick match. Especially when it's Mankind's, like, story. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the lack of commentating. Yeah, I like, like how there was no commentary yeah, except for it. ooh that hurt, like stuff like that. It was just it was minor. Um, these two are the only ones who, who could have pulled this type of match off. 
You, you don't think Savage and Crush could have? Um, I <laughs> I feel the technical difficulties added to the match. Yes, added to the feel of it. Yes, I know the fans were booing during it, but I was like. Oh, you I mean like the 20 it. fans around front, the yeah. front row well, that couldn't see made, the TVs? Made, like, I didn't realize they, they filmed it the night before, but it maybe like, was like, oh, the, that technical difficulties thing, was, they put that in there as It was part an of air quote. I don't think it was an actual technical difficulty. I think it was yeah. part of the match. Yeah. Uh, okay, now, be, on top of that, when you can get the fans to clap and cheer when you're not even around them in the same arena or like in like the vicinity of them, shows great storytelling. Yep. Like, you've evoked emotion... And you're not even physically in their presence. Yeah. Like, it's not like yeah, you can well, see well their said. facial expressions. Like, there's sometimes you couldn't even see their faces when they were selling, but they still evoked emotion. I get the match uh, an A plus. I loved it. I did not want it to end. Ben, uh, watch this match. Fuck this match. Not need not apply here. Um, I love the whole story told. Uh, the cautiousness at the beginning with Taker like entering down the hallway before he goes into the the boiler room. I mean, Undertaker is the phenom. Shows no fear, but he had so much apprehension like going into that boiler room, like because you're going into that room with just a guy who's just, just fucked in the head. I loved it. Uh, Mankind being insane, the violence it presented was amazing. Uh, the best thing was little to no commentary and no trash talking from Taker or Mankind either. Like, they were just beating each other. There's no, like, come on, Taker, I'll put you six feet under for sure in this Mommy! One. Mommy! Yeah, there's... Did the squeals annoy you, this one? No, not, not so much. Nah, it's kind of growing on us now. I think, I think a lot of it, too, is sometimes when... when I think when the squeals annoy me is when, when the camera's, like, right beside him. And he's like, rah, rah. I'm like, hey, for fuck's sakes, why do you have to be right there? Go to camera three. Yes, yes. Show me the wide shot of the crowd. Let's, let's WCW this thing. I don't even want to watch the match. Uh, the bumps Mankind took were so scary and violent. Oh, that latter one. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, Paul Bear was... Paul Bear was amazing in this, too, I thought. Um, uh, I have notes... After the finish was done, so okay. So the finish was they finally make their way down to the ring because the the purpose of the match is to get the urn, or for Paul Bearer to to give you the urn in the case of Undertaker, or for Mankind to take the urn. That's how you win. So when they go down, and then Undertaker does his thing on the knee and puts up the hand to get the urn, and Paul Bearer refuses to give him the urn, and the crowd's kind of like, "Huh?" Mankind comes. Taxed Undertaker, Mandible Claw, once, twice. Undertaker's still trying to get the urn, and then Bear pops him with the urn, knocking out uh, Taker, then he hands the urn to, to Mankind, and there's your winner. Very well done. Yes. Mankind winning the match was cool. It gives him more credibility. It gives him a more, like, a bigger push. Um, the Druids gave it an added element of question for Taker going forward. Mm-hmm. For carrying him out like that. I just only works for him. Like, I feel like Undertaker's just done this way too much. You know, after Royal Rumble, he dies, he goes to heaven. And then, like, uh, he did it again. Uh, like, he disappeared in the coffin uh, against Goldust. And then now the Druids take him out. And he's going to get buried alive and die again. And it's just like, oh, I get, like, that's his gimmick. But 
I feel like they've done it a lot in the last two, like, year and a half, and I'm like, okay, I get it. He's dead. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I gave, uh, I gave the match an A. Uh, I gave the match an A+. These two bring out the best in each other. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing The Undertaker, like, Dave was complaining a couple episodes ago about the plotting Undertaker, and he's kind of just tired of that gimmick. Mankind brings out the the aggressive Undertaker, and it's The Undertaker that you see a lot of his best matches coming up here, oh, like with Shawn Michaels and, and everything, and he has, like, you know, good, you know... It was a nice like breaker for that, for sure. Yes. Um, the, having the little TVs at ringside for the people in the front row were fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you paid a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks for your ticket. Here's a little TV. The um, junk in the trunk TVs. Awesome and inventive match. Great drama. A plus. And our main event of the Daddy. evening is for the WWF title. We got Vader facing Shawn Michaels. Michaels is the champ going in, and he wins by pinfall at 22 minutes and 58 seconds. Ben. Okay, we get it. HBK is an underdog and the most resilient champ in WWF history. And charismatic, you forgot that. you guys kind of getting tired of that yet? Yes. It's not just me. I was tired of it last pay-per-view. All right, fair enough. Good. Uh, Vader beats Sean up pretty good and in pretty convincing dominant fashion, I thought. Uh, the spot now famous where Sean goes for an elbow. Vader doesn't move. He's supposed to move, but he doesn't move. But then Michaels goes on this tirade after landing on his feet, kind of readjusting in midair, and yelling at Vader to move. Very unprofessional. That killed the match for me. Because mm-hmm. after that, I was just kind of really... I just weirded out by everything, going, "What?" but what was with that... Like, what happened kind of thing? Um, Sean does, uh, pretty good at the, at the selling at being beat up and, uh, selling his injuries. Uh, the restarts of the match with Cornette goading Sean was trying something different <laughs> and, uh, it was unique in its own way. Um, Sean should have been a tennis player the way he swung that racket around at Cornette and Vader. Um, I like Vader's kick out of the sweet chin music. I like that he kicked out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like finally they're they're actually giving Vader. Not no giving, more. They're giving him something. Not no more. Not no more. Not no more. Well, you thought they were. Um, the fans' reaction to the near falls helped the emotion of the story. Uh, pretty good match overall, except for Sean's meltdown. Uh, I gave the match a B. Dave. A uh, great over-the-top rope plancha by HBK to the outside on the Vader. I thought Vader caught him very well. And it they used really that good. spot a lot on a lot yep. of the, the powerbomb on the outside was beautiful. The safest powerbomb yeah. I have ever seen it in my life. It looked so good. It didn't, I didn't cringe. It wasn't like Cactus, or sorry, Mankind taking the bump off the apron from Taker. In the oh, boiler in, room, in the boiler room. The, yeah, that on was the concrete. Yeah. I was like, ugh. But this, I was like, this looked nice. Um, it, it almost looked like Vader was like, like it's almost like when you're playing around with your kids. So you don't fire me! <laughs> and he just like put him up and then like you just slowly, gently... He didn't let go of Michaels until Michaels hit the, the mat. Yeah. That's when he like let go of him. Yeah. So he protected him the whole way through. Which makes you realize, you're like, I don't like you, Michaels, in this match. No. Because this guy's taking care of you. Yeah. He's protecting because, you. Because he pulls your hair and he punches you a little hard, but he didn't, like, he didn't fucking kill you. Uh, like, I watched Stan Hansen freaking pop out Vader's eye. 
and he just pops back in and goes back as normal. Yep. So you have a guy get his eye popped out during some uh, exchanges of punches. He doesn't go on a tirade. His eye gets popped out. He pulls your hair. Well, like I mentioned, and, this is 1996. Shawn and Michaels. then yes, you go and he's hopped up on every and you go drug. for an elbow drop from the top rope, and he doesn't move, and you start yelling "move." So first you do the curtain call, the you know the quick movement. Now you do this. Now you've made the business look like shit twice. Yeah, like you made it look like oh I, wait, what's happening here? And then so if people want context to how this look, think of Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. Yeah, where Randy Orton starts yelling "stupid, stupid" at Kofi. It just it kills the whole match. Yep. Um, as a result, I gave the match a C. Could have been a lot better if it wasn't for some immature BS. Uh, I also gave the match a C. Again, I'm with Ben. As soon as Michaels did that like unprofessional stuff, it kind of killed the match a little bit. Um, and the flow after. So they had a countout that Cornette then goads Michaels back into a match. And then they have a DQ with Michaels hitting Vader with a tennis racket. Cornette goes him again into a match. Um, and then the, there's a ref bump after Sweet Chin Music. And then Vader hits a powerbomb. You get the visual pin from Vader. So they were trying to set up something with Vader down the line. Sean wasn't going to let it happen. Then Vader goes for the goes for the Vader bomb. Cornette tells him to go for the moonsault. He misses the moonsault. Then Sean hits a moonsault onto a standing Vader to win. Um, quick side note, I was watching this today with my son Spencer, who was four, and he's like, Daddy, I like the guy in the black tights, and he's referencing Shawn Michaels, and I'm like, okay, and he's like, oh, the guy in the black, black one, he's like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, he said to him, like, yeah, he won, and he's like, good, I didn't want the big fat guy to win, so that's, uh, okay. <laughs> that's commentary from my son, uh, which is just as good as our commentary, I would say. <laughs> Perhaps you need to have the talk of, to him about body shaming. <laughs> Are you going to talk to Spencer Bell? He'll kick your ass you talk to him about that <laughs> shit. He's a tank. He doesn't care what you say. The big <laughs> Ben's like, eh, yeah, baby. Okay. No, he doesn't care what I say. No, he really doesn't. He doesn't care what I say, and I'm his dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave the match a C. Uh, right with Ben from that uh, move spot. I was just like, okay, I've, I've lost it. I also didn't like how Vader was being nice with him and now knowing the story it makes sense but i didn't like how he had him in the corner and he was kind of like like it almost looked like a cat playing with a toy like he's just kind of pawing at him where like hogan would a notorious complainer hulk hogan vader was fucking clubbing the shit out of him like i'm not gonna lie to you after the whole move 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 thing if vader would have potatoed him i was like thank you yeah like, you oh, are a guy that could, that could kill him. If I was Vader, I'd be like, here's like, a powerbomb, and I'm going to force you down and take your title. Or you say, now, bitch. Yeah, like, Vader could have manhandled him, you, but he didn't. And with Michaels, like, who do you got to back you up? There's no Scott. Damn, Hunter. There's no Kevin. <laughs> yeah, skinny Hunter? No, I don't think so, buddy. Uh, so, it, it could yeah, have very unprofessional. Very unprofessional Michaels, but very professional by Vader, because Vader could have definitely gave him a receipt and just... Yeah. Just manhandled. Well, Vader also said in an interview, like, this is, I think, a year or so before he died. Um, he said, that spot was my fault. I should have moved. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't justify Sean's actions. Yeah, you don't do that in the ring. There's been Mistakes so many happen. botches that we've seen. Mistakes happen. <laughs> like, it's, it's... You just imagine that Vader on the top rope uh, about to do his move. So I was like, don't fire me! <laughs> <laughs> move! Don't move! Don't move! <laughs> Thank you.
now it's time for tonight's premier performer. And tonight's tool of the night. Okay, so my performer tonight, I gave the mankind. More so after I hear how he missed the crash pad and still got up. That's impressive. My tool, <laughs> don't even need to say it, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. No. Overall score, 7 out of 10, which is a B. There you go. Ben? Uh, performer is Mankind, because wow. And wow. Um, and wow. And wow. Yowie wowie. Yowie wowie. That's wow. a lot of new things you tried. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, tool is Jerry Lawler. Number and, one with the bullet with that one. And Harvey Whippleman gets a special shout out for that, because he right. fucking sucks as a ref. And I gave the match a 5 out of 10. The match? Or the, uh, <laughs> sorry, the event. I was like, how do you score like, these was matches? Was the match Mankind Jerry Lawler with Harvey Whippleman as the ref? <laughs> <laughs> 5 out of 10. <laughs> uh, my performers of the night, I couldn't decide, so I gave it to Undertaker and Mankind, because I couldn't decide between the two. They both did amazing. Tool, uh, clean sweep, Jerry Lawler, you fucking asshole. Um, just go into commentary and talk about puppies. <laughs> That's what you're good at. You you stay in your lane, buddy. You should not be going where you're going right now. That's awful. Uh, I gave the pay-per-view a 5.5 out of 10. Uh, if you're going to watch this, I would say the only match you, you could watch is the Boiler Room Brawl to be entertained. If you're curious about Sean being a professional, watch the main event. Uh, but to be quite honest, everything else can be skipped. And to be honest with you, we love Sean. Like yes. Now. Like, we love, like, he's one yeah. of our top favorites. But this moment... No, no. Me. Sean, he, I think he has better matches when he comes back post-injury than oh, he does now. I can't wait to review his and Triple H's match. Oh, SummerSlam, SummerSlam 2002. That oh. is my favorite SummerSlam of all you time. Know, and he comes back from that one, so it's like... Yeah, and you have, um, you have uh, his match against Jericho. WrestleMania uh, 19. And then you have his match against Angle. He has a, he has a fucking clinic of a match with Cena at WrestleMania. His, his two ben, with oh. Taker. Keep so, talking, I'm just uh, looking for... Something really he, cool. um, so yeah, we just we have to shit on him because this is very unprofessional. We are real. We're honest. We're real. We call it how we see it, and at this time we saw it, we called it. That's right. So That's thank you, thank you everyone. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with WCW Fall Brawl 1996 with the main event of War Games Team NWO. Versus Team WCW. Uh, as uh, follow us on social media hashtag Squared Circle Rewind or hashtag Call It In The Ring Media. Uh, let us know your top five TV show moms, your top five uh, singles finishers. Next week we'll be doing the top five TV show dads, uh, TV show slash movie. I'm sorry, Dave. Get it right. <laughs> and top five uh, tag team finishers, which is going to be tough. Um, and I think that's it for this week. Unless you guys got anything else to add to the proceedings. Media sex time. I mean, see you next time. What? <laughs> if you suffer, if you suffer from dyslexia, please seek help. <laughs> like me. What?
Just making a joke. Well, on that note, I'm trying something new. Have a have it up. I'll show you. Hey, everyone, have a good week, everybody. Try something new. Side lock or, or side lock. Side lock. Side lock. Headlock. Takedown. That's right. Top five positions. Here we go. Do, your, do it to your boss. Made up. Whether over. they exist or not. Have a good one, everybody.